and welcome to the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm your host, the Conservative Atheist, and we're going to be discussing some of the hottest, controversial, and in many cases considered taboo topics. We cover every issue you've ever considered, and several you haven't even thought of, from the unique perspective of a conservative atheist. Enjoy! And welcome back to the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm your host, the Conservative Atheist, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host. Right or later. Hey, guys. And today we're joined by a special guest, Thomas Sheedy. And we're going to be talking about uh, Lee Zeldin. Thomas Sheedy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So this is your second time being on here, and uh, you were an excellent guest last time. I'm sure you'll be an excellent guest this time. Um, could you give a little little background on yourself? Sure. So, hi, everybody. My name is Thomas Sheedy. Um, this is a great show. Glad to be on here uh, for round two. So uh, we're going to be you know, talking a lot about the, the 2022 um, midterm election uh, that's coming up tomorrow. Um, I normally go on these shows as the president and founder of Atheists for Liberty, which is a 501c3 educational nonprofit organization that stands for free speech, free thinking, and freedom for all. But I'm more than just the president of AFL. I also operate in politics itself. Um, I'm on committee for the Republican Party uh, in New York State and in Suffolk County, and I am a proud young Republican. So I'm part of my county's YR chapter and also part of the state young Republicans as well. Um, so I, um, I talk about a wide range of issues in my career, not just issues relating to religion, but also uh, in regards to politics and other matters of the culture wars that are plaguing uh, civilization as a whole. So I'm pleased to be here to uh, to discuss a little bit more of what's on my palate. Excellent. Excellent. You know, the thing is, is I was looking over his website and uh, he's got several different um, positions that he holds that I that I'm sure that he'll you know come through on. Uh, which is why I'm looking forward to his victory. Um, putting the communities before criminals. Public safety, repealing uh, cash bail and less is more act. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so um, New York State has has been through some interesting times recently. Uh, I would, I'm not a resident of New York City. I'm from Long Island. Um, sure. And I've been privileged enough to grow up in an area where there really hasn't been much crime. There hasn't been murders. There hasn't been uh, a high rate of poverty. Um, but New York City is a different animal. And over the course of the last 50 years, New York City has seen some interesting ups and downs, you know, from I would say the 1970s all the way up into the mid 1980s. Um, there was a massive wave of crime and poverty in New York to where people were leaving New York City, for instance, in droves, right? Um, then there was a series of other mayors and people that came into power in politics that have kind of changed things up. And I would argue that from, I would say, the, the mid to late 2000s all the way up into the mid-2010s, very similarly to everything else going on in the culture wars, um, there was a period of rejuvenation going on in the city where it was very cool if you were like some 20-something millennial or early Zoomer to move into New York City uh, because crime was going down, things were getting much better, conditions were getting better, uh, more and more businesses were coming in. New York was a cool place to be. But 
as uh, various different movements and various different extremist groups have begun to gain power, for example, the Black Lives Matter movement and a lot of other um, social justice related causes, um, it's had an after effect, unfortunately, on New York City streets. So crime has gone up. I have friends that are in the NYPD who have told me that their jobs have gotten increasingly harder time and time again. And New York State as a whole has suffered because of this. So a few years ago, there was something called bail reform that was passed. And uh, as um, State Senator Anthony Palumbo told me, he gave a good example to me. He said, Thomas, I, uh, he's somebody running for office in my in my area out east. Um, he said, Thomas, uh, he was he was he told me this when the debate was going on. He said, I could kill everybody technically in this room right now under bail reform, get arrested the same day, uh, get, get arrested and be released the same day. So that's the problem with bail reform right now uh, in this state. Uh, speaking of Lee Zeldin, um, around two months ago, I would say, um, he was assaulted when he was at a rally. Um, he, was give, he was at this rally um, giving a speech um, for his campaign and a gentleman that had, uh, I guess, some kind of sharp device um, came up to him and tried to uh, physically attack him. Um, the state authorities and the local authorities really couldn't do anything about him. I believe, and I, I don't want to say this with certainty, but I believe he was arrested. And then he was released same day for assaulting Lee Zeldin. The only reason why this guy is in jail now um, is because Lee Zeldin is currently a sitting U.S. congressman. And so it violates federal law. And so federal authorities came in and arrested him. It's something that that's... It, that's ridiculous for a massive, amazing state such as New York, my home, the Empire State, to have laws and to have issues where crime is going up, even in communities, by the way, outside of New York, where you you know you would never think this would be the case. It's why Lee Zeldin is rising in popularity. It's why even moderate Democrats who have not sounded that extreme, that have kind of not had to get the endorsements of, say, police departments are now desperately trying to get those endorsements because they don't want to get voted out of power. It's a real concern. And New Yorkers are leaving the state in droves. More and more people are finding that they can have better lives in North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Tennessee, Texas, Nevada, um, because these areas are not as as, as rampant with, with um, high housing prices and crime and various other matters. And this is why we're seeing Lee Zeldin's popularity come up. And I'm so, so happy and hopeful to potentially see him become our next governor. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, one of the things, one of the one of the key ingredients here to make these to, to, to change the problems with the cashless bail and the people being released out on the streets before the victims can even get out of the hospital is um, removing the district attorneys that don't enforce the laws. Yeah. And I know and, he speaks on that. And and he has made, I know, numerous different promises that there's going to be swift action in that arena on day one. Uh, it's why I'm so excited for, for Lee Zeldin to potentially become our next governor. But it's not just Zeldin, too. Uh, I'm involved with some state assembly races out of my area. And if Lee Zeldin, um, if Lee Zeldin is really going to tr make these promises, he's going to need a state senate and a state assembly that's going to back him. And in certain areas out on Long Island, for instance, uh, I have an assemblyman named Steve Engelbright. He's been a Democrat that's been in power in local politics and then state politics for around 30 years at this point. Wow. And he just he, he, he basically is very worried that he's going to lose this election. And so he tried to get the PBA endorsement out here in Suffolk County. Um, why? Why is he trying to get the PBA endorsement after being in this comfy position? Because Republicans are gaining so much 
scheme due to the disastrous conditions that's happening uh, that's happening throughout New York. It's not just a city problem. Um, the same is happening out in the Hamptons. Um, there's a gentleman, a Democrat who's been in office since 1996 by the name of Fred Thiel. Um, he has, just like Engelbright, uh, they've been in these very comfy state assembly positions, these kind of milk toast looking Democrats where they don't come off as the AOCs, they don't come off as woke, they don't come off as extreme, yet simultaneously they engage in the same policies in Albany that allow for these problems to persist in the first place. You have a guy um, in my area running against Engelbright, there's an amazing um, uh, guy named Ed Flood who I'm backing 100%. Hopefully he will become our next assemblyman. Right now there's data that's showing that he's actually going in the lead and he's going to beat Engelbright. I'm, I live in a D plus one district which is insane. But also um, the guy that's running against Fred Thiel out in the Hamptons, uh, his name is Peter Ganley. I've been, I've been supporting him, um, sometimes knocking doors for him, sometimes just supporting him from afar on social media. I'm, I'm, very, um, I'm very convinced that he has a strong chance, at least at beating Fred Thiel. And I hope that is the case tomorrow um, because it doesn't even matter where you are in the state anymore people in the suburbs and also New Yorkers in general, working class New Yorkers are getting really, really upset. And I'm not just saying this as some partisan figure. I genuinely believe there's going to be a red wave because of Democrats in power just being complacent and following the top down as to what to say because of the intersectional politics they played. Well, there, uh, there, there has to be. There has to be. Things have gone so far now that, uh, you know, for some reason, the liberal Democrats... They're always on the side of the, they're always the champions of the criminal, but they, they neglect the victims. They, they, yeah. the, the victims are not even, doesn't even cross their mind. No, it, it definitely doesn't um, because they want to, they want to score points and not to say Republicans don't do the same, they, you know, politics, politics, but, but it is being done in such a messy way in the name of diversity that people's lives are at stake now. People's quality of life, you know, life is at stake as well. And so I think what we're going to see on November 8th is, is, is anger. People being angry at, wow, we, we shut down our lives over the last several years due to this pandemic. We, we stopped giving our children a better quality of life. We can't have honest conversations about real issues because we're going to get called names. And I think there's going to be a powerful response, a backlash against the Democrats for, for what's for what's happened. Um, I think there are going to be some races that that we will lose. But I think for a lot of the important ones, we could generally win. I think Lee Zeldin could genuinely become our next governor. I think in my area where I'm going to see a, a Republican assemblyman for the first time in like, what, three decades, I think. I don't want to state that with 100% certainty, but I believe three decades. Um, you know, same with some some assembly and state senate races throughout Long Island. You know, which is very purple, very contested, um, as well as uh, a congressional seat that Lee Zeldin used to hold, maintaining its course and, and staying red with Nick Lalota. Uh, I live in the first congressional district as well of New York. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Um, I will sleep heavily. Once uh, <laughs> this election is over and this this there's an interesting chapter right now that's going on in my life that actually relates to this election. So an interesting chapter in my life will close, but at least I'll be able to go to sleep knowing that the state will be in better condition than it was the day before. Right. Right. Absolutely. So I know that the, the one of the other things that he has listed is amend and, and uh, raise the uh, the age to give judges more discretion in adolescent offender cases. 
Um, so he's saying he, I'm, I'm a little bit confused on what that means. Is he saying that he wants to raise the age so that they, the judges can charge them as adults ease more easily? Or is he saying extend the age of adolescents so that they can be in family court? Can you repeat the question? It says amend, raise uh, the age to give judges more discretion in adolescent offender cases. So my question yeah. is, is he saying that he wants to um, extend what adolescent means so that they can be in family court or he means lower the, the threshold of being able to charge them as an adult? Um, I would assume the second one. Uh, I would hope I would hope the second one. Because we've seen a lot of problems where, like, for example, um, I don't know how often uh, Congressman Zeldin has talked about MS-13, but uh, MS-13 uh, is a gang that, that has plagued a lot of homes and families and communities um, in, um, in mid-Suffolk County. Uh, and for a very long time, not enough action was taken until the federal government stepped in under the Trump administration. But MS-13 continues to exist. Crime continues to thrive in certain areas um, on the island. And it's a real, real drastic problem. And a lot of people that get into these gangs, for instance, get in at very early ages to where they're then, and the gangs know this, they're able to be protected through certain systems and certain loopholes um, in the name of criminal justice. Now, don't get me wrong, we need to protect people's civil rights. We need to understand that there's nuance in some of these cases and understand that when you're when you're young, sometimes you can be manipulated into things. But this 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 idea that we can't we can't hold people accountable for their actions when they've done heinous, horrendous things um, in the name of this sensitivity, uh, it's only going to put more people in danger as a result of this. And if we can at least not have this kind of political barrier to finally taking more action, against uh these kind of criminal organizations i think the better off we will be so if lee zeldin is talking about that and forgive me i i don't know as much as as you do i don't even have the uh, the site open i believe that is what he's talking about because he has made numerous speeches i knew in new york city about topics such as that yeah i, I think it would make more i think the second would make more sense i, I can't imagine extending it so i would imagine it, that it, it would probably lower the threshold so that that makes a lot more sense um so Increased penalties on looting businesses. That's extremely, extremely important. I, I'm sure you and everybody else has seen on the news and on YouTube and, and all over the place videos of people just going in and just robbing the places. Oh, just yeah. Putting the stuff in baskets or bags and just walking out right in front of the right in front of the customers and right in front of the uh, the workers without any worry about being apprehended or you know, somebody trying to stop them. And, and ju just a few days ago, I was in um, I was in Manhattan and I was walking in the Diamond District basically all these diamond and jewelry stores um, in, in Manhattan. And I remember seeing, I was, I was walking, this was around, I would say 12 or one in the morning um, and just seeing all the jewelry, everything taken out of the windows. But some of these stores are massive. And just to think of the store owners that are what, gonna have to come in at what, seven something or eight something in the morning, put all that jewelry back into all these gigantic specific areas and have to do that every single day, all the time. And I don't know how long this has gone on for, like maybe this has been happening for decades. I haven't been in this diamond section till just a few days ago. But to think of that repetitive pattern that you have to engage in and that work you have to do instead of helping customers or instead of you know making sales or profits or supporting maybe a family if you own this business and you're trying to make a profit, you know, it's a tedious waste of time 
over a fear that, well, you're going to get your property stolen and it's going to be on the news and MY, there's going to be like five NYPD cars on the scene. It's just going to be another, you know, another instance of, of these policies gone wrong. It, 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 it's sort of depressing. You're, you're breaking up a little bit. Sorry. Uh, I was just st stating how depressing it is to kind of be a store owner in the Diamond District having to put all these, these jewelry items back out of just fear of having everything taken away from you. Um, with somebody just smashing your window at night. Yeah, it's it's to the, it's to the point now where it's not just smashing the window at night; it's people just going inside the stores and just taking what they want. Yeah, I was wondering. Uh, I guess it says that Rizaldin uh, uh, has said that uh, he wants to allow for fracking and I guess particularly upstate New York. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm wondering how hot of an issue that is. And do you think do you think that's something that's actually going to help Republicans because you can see, oh, well, we're serious about bringing business to the state and being serious about energy? Or is it ultimately going to backfire in a state like New York where people are going to see him as not serious about environmental issues, especially about something that uh, has been complained about uh, causing uh, earthquakes? I'm that's wondering be very hard um, because it's a hard question to answer because it depends on the ge geography. I think in certain areas of upstate New York where you have a lot of rural conservative voters, I don't think they're going to mind. In fact, maybe this, I'm going to make a guess, maybe that the, the, this is an issue that was pushed by a lot of, um, by New Yorkers in upstate counties. Um, my issue too, though, is that New York is a beltway state. So Republicans in New York, in many instances, are different than Republicans in, say, Mississippi or Texas. Um, different goals, different kinds of constituents um, that, that those Republicans are representing. And there have been Republicans that have actually gotten on board with environmental policies and environmental groups. I'm, I'm very supportive of this one nonprofit that reaches out to conservatives and libertarians called the American Conservation Coalition. I, I do think that we have an environment to protect. Simultaneously, I think that I think that Zeldin, given the other issues such as crime, um, if I had to make, an, make a guess, is betting that not enough people are going to badger him about the topic of fracking to where he'll gain hardline conservative support and the support of groups that'll be able to help fund his campaign and support him more while simultaneously gaining uh, blue collar Democrat votes and, and other um, and other needed votes based on the issue of crime and high rates of housing. Okay. So I, I guess the main question I had there, do you think it's an issue that will uh, overall hurt him from what you've sensed or is it, it seems like you're saying that uh, this hasn't been that salient of an issue amongst uh, kind of the electorate or I guess the powers that be. I would say it's possible. We'll have to see. Uh, but if it really depends on how the state assembly and the state Senate will be. If, if Democrats continue to, to keep a hold on one or even both of those houses, um, it definitely could potentially hurt him in the long haul. Simultaneously, Zeldin is known to kind of be a more moderate Republican, believe it or not. He has the Trump populist message. He knows his debate talking points, but he's represented... Uh, people in very purple communities for a very long time. A lot of Democrats like him too. So it's going to be interesting to see what his positions are going to be over the next few years if he is elected governor on the issue of fracking. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually ends up making some environmental policies that are against uh, you know, fracking. To a, de to a degree, though, I, 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 really, I really don't know. Um, okay. It's really well, going to be based uh... on how Albany, what, what the political makeup of Albany is. Yeah, let's 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 go back to, to law enforcement a little bit. Um, so the he's going to end. He's going to oh, let's see. He's going to enact a, a law enforcement bill of rights. Does that mean give the police officers a little bit more rights so that they they're not so persecuted? 
I think so. Um, he is seen as very pro-cop. He's gotten endorsements from numerous different law enforcement agencies. Um, I think that police officers are going to be able to breathe a lot more uh, if Lee Zeldin does come into power throughout the state. It's not just NYPD. It's also going to be various different counties um, that'll have more discretion at their ability to enforce the law. Excellent. Excellent. I know, I know that he says he's going to hire additional police officers statewide uh, and oppose any efforts to defund the police and uh, keep qualified immunity. And qualified immunity is it's extremely important. Otherwise, every little step you make, you have to worry about getting sued personally and, and losing your house, and losing, losing everything you own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A- am I breaking up at all? No, not at all. No. Okay, good. I, I, I was... It seems like one of the one of the most hot button things, and this maybe is most, or this maybe mostly has to do with this rhetoric. But he says he's going to immediately declare an emergency on crime, and it, he also appears to be saying that he's going to immediately call for Congress in the state. He's going to immediately, uh, I guess, uh, uh, I forget what the sorry, I'm blanking on the term for when you call Congress uh, abruptly. But he's going to do that uh, such that they have to. Uh, I guess, uh, make a declaration on crime or he has to feel adequately that they're focused on it. And I'm, I'm wondering, uh, do you view that as a, do you view that as a, something that could backfire on them and people could say, okay, well, this seems a little bit draconian or more so it just, it's just playing to, okay, well, crime is a big issue and we're going to make the rhetoric as serious as possible. And in that sense, it should pay dividends. I think it's more the first option. Okay. I think it is a legitimate grievance that people are actually feeling, and it's going to be more than just a game of politics in order to get people uh, aware of the serious nature of crime in New York. Okay. Okay, yeah. So anyway, uh, so state popula- prison populations based on crimes committed instead of political calculations. And uh, I-, I think that's extremely important. You know, if you have to put people in prison, you have to put people in prison. You shouldn't try to adjust how many people are in prison to boost your numbers politically, to gain political favor with any particular group. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I really I really hope that that's the case. You know, I, I this I'm liberal on certain issues. Like, for example, we shouldn't be locking people up for drug possession. Um, I'm glad that we are kind of lifting our policies on there because we want to make sure that, you know, we go hard on crimes that are actually affecting people's quality of life. You know, people getting robbed, people getting murdered in the street, assaulted in the subways, pushed over the tracks. Like these viral videos come out often, often, often more and more and more where people in law enforcement feel like they can't actually enforce the laws properly. I feel like we need to create a culture where law enforcement is able to use the proper discretion that it can to combat serious crimes and that we don't punish people for crimes overall that are not, I guess that are not serious enough to where we really need to fill Rikers Island with a lot of people. Gotcha. Like marijuana. Like I'm very glad that New York state has legalized recreational marijuana. We shouldn't be filling up jails and wasting taxpayer money. Um, you know, on, on things like that. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with marijuana being uh, legalized and, and regulated by the government. The problem I have is when people say, well, heroin or cocaine or crack or, Oh yeah. I'm, I'm you know, in agreement on that. Things like that. The hard drugs. Marijuana is is actually less harmful than alcohol. Yeah. So, but that genie's out of the bottle. <laughs> yeah, it's been out of the bottle since um, around April 2021, at least in New York. Right. So I, I guess he's going to replace the commissioner on uh, the Department of Corrections. 
I mean, he's really going to shake things up, it looks like. Hire more correctional officers and improve the, the ratio to inmates. That makes it more safe for the officers, obviously. Um, as far as victims goes, it says he's going to overhaul the board of parole, parolee uh, hearing process. So uh, require unanimous decisions by parole commissioners when granting parole. I think that's going to be a very wise decision, too. Yeah. I like the hardened stance that he's making because of the severity of the situation. I don't think he's saying it just in the name of politics. I think he, there is a genuine need to fix this issue. And, and, and the issue of crime, it's not just a New York City problem. We're, the crime is a little different in certain areas. Like, for example, in Suffolk, where I'm at, you know, there's a whole issue of Cadillac converters being stolen. Right. Uh, that, that Governor Hogel has recently commented on, finally commented on. But you have a lot of like Republican legislators out here that are trying to, you know, work with police departments to take action on the matter. Um, you know, even in some of the nicest areas of of like old old money Long Island that you could think of, Cadillac converters are being stolen. So it's it's uh, you know, the, this issue of New York's crime going up because of officers not being able to do their job. It's 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 really impacting people everywhere. I would say the city more than anywhere else, obviously. But sure. but you wouldn't have seen these problems just a few years ago, at least not in the not in the uh, the degree you're seeing now. Yeah, it looks like he's gonna he's going to replace board members that aren't doing their job, require unanimous decisions on, on parole uh, grant. You know when people are granted parole, um, make it you know make notification to families and victims when people are being granted parole and when the hearings are coming up. Um, require the permission of see fairly so he's doing a lot of things for the victims that's important to me you know like I said at the beginning I, I hate the fact that the liberal democrats uh, champion criminals but they don't really have any concern for victims and it sounds like he's putting the victims first mm -hmm. and that, that to me is, is worth its weight in gold by itself absolutely yeah. So what what are the main changes you'd like to see that you think he'll make? Overall? Bail reform needs to go away. Right. Bail that's that's the big one. Um, I'm hoping also there are a few things that he's not really discussing right now that can be that could be um, done more. One thing I liked uh, during his tenure in Congress recently, he recently um, uh, supported a bill called the Respect for Marriage Act, um, which basically is a, a bipartisan bill in Congress. Uh, basically affirming the Obergefell v. Hodges gay marriage decision, which I found to be very nice that he is a Republican signed on board on. I, I, I view Lee Zeldin as the future of the Republican Party in that Repub we Republicans need to care about issues that, that plague families, that plague taxpayers, um, that plague people's quality of life, and we shouldn't really be focused on issues that are losing battles for us. You know, I think this is something I discussed last time on the program, and especially yeah. as an atheist activist, I'm on board with it too. We need to become... We need to become the party of separation of church and state more than the Democrats. And I think in the direction that Lee Zeldin is going in, that's great. But then we could also do more as well for free speech in this state. Um, the SUNY system, which is the system I was a part of when I was in university, is has really bad track records when it comes to supporting freedom of speech and expression. If you go on FIRE, um, formerly known as the Foundation for Individual Rights and in Education's website, you'll see a lot of SUNY schools given red light ratings, which are which means like they're poo-poo in terms of um, how they see freedom of speech and freedom of expression and, and equal treatment for people regardless of their political orientation. Um, I feel like we could do more on, uh, you know, from this Albany governmental level 
to strengthen freedom of speech and expression everywhere on our college campuses as well. Um, very similarly to what we're seeing, what we saw on the federal level with Trump's executive order um, promoting free speech, more needs to be done on the state level to, to ensure that as well, because the rate of cultural decay is only increasing. And I'm hoping with somebody who kind of sees these issues from a very libertarian light, like Zeldin could, he could enact policies that could, that could make sure that people's First Amendment rights are protected more than anything else. Well, what, what can be done is they can, you can remove funding for, for state institutions that don't adhere to uh, freedom of speech. Yeah. Yeah. The SUNY system could take a hit, but maybe that's a good thing if they're not going to respect, um, if they're not going to expect students' freedom. Respect students' freedom, God. <laughs> I was wondering, uh, kind of dovetailing this a bit to one of the, I guess, most salient issues for Republicans, and it's really paid dividends for them, is when they, they focus on things like critical race theory. And he's, I, I found declarations of him, uh, I guess, speaking out against it, but I didn't find anything uh, 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 anything of him saying that uh, he's for actually outright banning it. And I was wondering, what do you think that says? Because it seems like, uh, given that it seemed to play so well into Republicans' hands as far as uh, an issue that uh, relates to kind of cultural and education, that uh, it's interesting that he doesn't say outright that, uh, oh, we're going to ban this. As a, I will and, say that um, compared to a lot of other issues, right, that Lee Zeldin is marketing on and running on, CRT is definitely on the lower tier. But CRT is a problem that's plaguing like New York State. I've spoken to numerous county legislators and um, public officials within my area alone that have gone to school districts and tried to take a look at the material that was being taught to children. And CRT is definitely being taught in plenty of these public school districts, just under the guise of different wording and different lesson plans and different curriculum. Um, so I hope as well that this is something that, that Zeldin you know, impacts. When I mean free speech as well, I mean also combating wokeness. So CRT, critical race theory, is definitely a part of that. Um, you know, issues regarding uh, LGBT ideology going too far beyond just equality of opportunity and going into equity, going into, um, you know, discriminating or at least socially ostracizing those who, who question the validity of these extreme ideological positions relating to LGBT ideology or fem extreme feminism or things like that. I, I want to see a powerful New York state run by Republicans, but also with some Democrats like who could logically support this, seeing that we need to protect a normal quality of life that gives people equality, but simultaneously protects reality. Well, I, I one, one of the things that I'm concerned about is I don't want transgender, um, the transgender agenda being promoted to the point where Girls can compete. Boys can compete in girls' sports. Uh, men and women, men and boys, can go into girls' shower rooms. Um, things of that nature, where people are forced to call a boy a girl. I, I just don't see how that's that's. You know, we we have to have some grip on reality, and right now we're we're it's like we're pulling at the threads of of reality, and it's it's going to unravel the entire the entire Western civilization eventually. Yeah. And this is why, you know, yes, I run Atheists for Liberty on the 501c3 nonprofit side of things. And by the way, everybody, everything I'm saying uh, here is not on behalf of Atheists for Liberty. I'm acting as my myself. Um, but I'm also involved and diversified in, in various areas of the culture war and various areas of politics, because we have to hit this from various different angles. We have to elect people um, 
and get people into power and elect people to office who are willing to enact policies that will protect freedom of speech and expression, um, protect uh, normalcy and sanity and reason, um, protect a separation between religion and government too. Uh, and not everything can be done through the think tank aspect of things. Not everything can just be done through the political office aspect of things. We need every activist that we can hitting at this from multiple angles, getting involved in your party's uh, committees, joining local organizations, going to local meetups, attending protests and events, um, you know, co creating content online. Uh, we are really in a cultural battle to save civilization here. And I view running atheists for liberty and building up an atheist rational infrastructure around the country to also me acting privately as a member of a political party, knocking on doors for local town office positions and state assembly positions as all part of that same fight to keep our culture alive, but to also make sure that that freedom and liberty is protected for all. I, I completely agree. Now, I, I know that the laws have changed recently when it comes to guns in New York. In the past, you could get a gun permit um, if you could you could keep a gun in your home, but to carry a gun on the streets, you would have to have you'd have to jump through all sorts of hoops. Oh, yeah. That Watch shouldn't have been required. Watch the John Stossel video that came out, what, like 10 years ago yeah. uh, or some, something like that on uh, trying to get a gun in New York City. Good luck. <laughs> you have to have connections on the most part. Yeah, basically, you have to be a, a prominent person, a famous person or a politician or, you know, someone extremely wealthy, something somewhere, somewhere along that line. They're just not going to give it to the average citizen. Um, but as I understand it, that's that's changed some. Is that correct? I believe so. I'd have to take a look at the exact legislation or exact uh, orders that were, that were given about that. Um, but what I, what I have known is that for years it has been very difficult to get a um, to get a pistol, for instance, throughout the state. Um, even in Suffolk County, it's where it's a little more laxed compared to uh, compared to New York City. Yeah, they have very strict measures. You have to go in for interviews. Um, different townships, you know, depending on where you are on the island, are a little different. Things might be a little easier upstate, but overall, the state of New York in general is a place where it's very very difficult to get a pistol. Um, and it's 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 quite ridiculous. And from a libertarian perspective, too, it's like, OK, um, you can be an eight. This is where I, I, I guess I'm more on the left on this issue. You could be an 18 year old and get a rifle or a shotgun, but you can't get a pistol. Yeah, um, it, it makes no it, sense. It, it makes no sense. So it's it's wacky. It's ridiculous. I'm really hoping that the Zeldin administration can try to change that more, too. Um, so we'll see what happens. Right. I was going to, I was wondering, I guess, uh, shifting gears a bit to, it seemed like originally one of the things that the, I guess the current governor was doing uh, to kind of smear a Zeldin was saying that, oh, well, Zeldin's pro-life. He's going to overturn abortion when he. Oh, yeah. It's... Yep, yep, yep. So, so this is a big problem. Um, big, big problem. You have, this is, this is ranging from the congressional race that I volunteered for to assembly races to the governor's race in general. Um, Republicans. And a lot of these Republicans that are running, by the way, uh, not to you know speak fully on behalf of them, but um, a lot of them are way more moderate compared to on on the issue of abortion compared to Republicans in other states. Um, you know, they painted uh, Nick Lalota, who's running to replace Lee Zeldin because Lee Zeldin uh, in Congress because Lee Zeldin's running for governor. Nick Lalota is a Republican running there. They painted Nick Lalota as somebody who wants to ban abortion even in the cases of rape and incest, which just which just isn't true. During the primary elections, far more conservative Republicans were attacking a lot of the Republican candidates on the ballot now for not being pro-life enough. 
where a lot of the Republicans now, at least within my state, are at least saying, okay, you can keep abortion at the first trimester, you can keep abortion at the second trimester, but third trimester abortions, you know, that's that's a little ridiculous. That's not an insane position to have. That's actually a, a moderate, you could argue even like liberal Democrat position from just a few years ago to have on the topic of abortion. But they know that there's going to be a lot of suburban liberals that are upset if, uh, you know, the 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 uh, if if the image of Republicans being 100 percent anti-abortion, going to outlaw abortion in the state assembly, state Senate, if that image is molded upon them. And it's just not true. I'm, at committee meetings, we don't talk about abortion. We don't. Right. Abortion is not even on the radar because let's pretend we are all very, 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 very pro-life, the most pro-life you could ever be. It is just an unrealistic battle at this time for us, to, for Republicans to ban abortion within the state of New York. It is impossible. And so you have to work within the means that you have there, but it doesn't matter. You have Kathy Hochul's campaign and the Democratic you know, committees putting out tons and tons of ads, tons and tons of mailers that, oh, Lee Zeldin, oh, Nick LaLota, oh, Ed Flood, Peter Ganley, all these types, they are all anti-abortion. They are, I mean, I mean they, yeah, they're all anti-abortion, so anti-abortion, and even though these guys are pro-life, they're so anti-abortion, apparently, they want to ban abortion, even in the case of labor incest. It's insane, and quite frankly, it's just not true, given the political reality of what we're seeing in New York. Yeah, it's it's dirty tricks politics. So, you know, the 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 bottom line is is most people are in favor of restrictions on abortions. Uh, very yeah. few people are calling for an out, Yeah, very few people are calling for an outright abor- uh, you know, a ban on abortion. Yeah. And uh you know, it's a state by state issue. The idea that you know, it's the it's the liberal democrats that want a national uh, you know, they want uh, Roe versus Wade codified or even more extreme codified in, in law. It's it's not it's not the Republicans that are arguing for that. I mean, there's there may be mm-hmm. one, but it's not a it's not a it's not a party wide argument. Exactly. I'm, I my main point there or what I was kind of wondering with abortion is that uh, Zeldin seemed to kind of uh, uh, position himself uh as in, at least in the primary, it seemed that he originally he said originally that, OK, I'm pro-life, but. I'm not going to be pro-life in New York, mostly given because nothing can pass through the chamber and it's such an unpopular position. And he stuck with that throughout his whole campaign, even in the primaries. And it seems like the, the Democrats keep hammering him. They keep saying, oh, he's going to overturn abortion. He's going to overturn abortion. His response is always, well, one, I can't do it by his ex- executive decree. And two, it's not like you guys are going to pass an anti-abortion law that I can sign. And I'm wondering, do you think most people, do you think it's the case that uh, it's like a lot of the kind of anti-abortion rhetoric where, or a lot of kind of like a, a pro-choice rhetoric uh, since Roe v. Wade where people are so petrified that abortion is going to be overturned that it scares them? Or do you think people yeah. take them at heart? Yeah, it, it is that. But but uh, abortion was codified in New York State as the law of the land even before um, – even before um, the Roe v. Wade decision came out in, what, 1972 – um, it's not going anywhere. Uh, and I don't know of any Republican right now in any position of power that has a full on agenda to outright ban abortion in the state of New York. It's like stating that pigs can fly. It's just something that is not on our radar and not realistic. But because the Democrats know that there's a whole grassroots team of progressives throughout the state that will do whatever they can to bang that drum. They know that that's an issue that they want to paint the Republicans on, uh, you know, as worst of the worst. They want to ban abortion in every single case. And they're going to do that. And they're going to spend everybody's money to, to make that case heard. Hopefully not enough to where we lose the election. 
Right. Okay. So do you think uh, so do you think it's going to be the case that people can just see through it and be and realize that even if these Republicans, I guess, identify as pro-life, that they also realize that it's untenable to pass abortion. So abortion yeah. is going to be the state. And that's because Lee Zeldin and numerous other politicians have commented on it already. You know, I was present at a lot of the debates in my area. I have a you know, I was in I was in the audience helping out some of the state Senate debates and assembly debates that were happening in my area. And all the Republicans said, like, that is not on our agenda. That's not what we're doing. I might be pro-life or I might be conservative on this, but it's not not on my radar. One of the one of the one of the debaters that I was observing was even more on the pro-choice scale. But it doesn't even matter, because if you are not 100 percent on board with the leftist agenda on what they want policy to be, you are the enemy. And we need to spend everybody's money in order to make you appear that way just so you have no chance of winning. Um, what do you think, what do you think is going to be the outcome of this primary election? Now, I know that, um, I'm trying to think of her name. I just, I, you know, she was, she was one of the speakers during the town hall. Um, oh my God, her name's on the tip of my tongue, but she said she wanted, I'm sorry, Tulsi Gabbard. No, no, no. She's the, the woman, the woman's blonde haired woman. She said that she wanted, no, 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 no. I know who Laura Ingram is. I, I can't think of this woman's name, but she mm-hmm. said she wanted a um, she wanted an extinction event. In other words, just wipe out the Democrats. I think that we're going to see more red than blue. I'll say I, I, I can speak on behalf of New York. Um, I think that we genuinely have a chance for the first time since the 90s of winning, of, of having a Republican governor, which is massive in my area. First time in 30 years of having a Republican assemblyman massive in a D plus one district, a potential possibility of the Hamptons getting a Republican assemblyman, that is massive too. State Senate remaining remaining red. Um, it's something that's unbelievable. Uh, in Suffolk County, we celebrated the fact that for the first time since 2005, we, I, I, I live in a purple, you know, a purple county. Uh, we've, we flipped the, the, the county legislature to go Republican. Awesome. And what we are hoping is that this election and this victory is going to make last year's massive success look like nothing, 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 nothing. And and I think that's what's going to happen in New York. Would I be shocked if Lee Zeldin loses? No, I really hope he wins. Um, but we're going to get everybody behind him, you know, today and tomorrow to try to make sure that we got the best chance that we have at finally achieving a grand victory. I think the same will also happen in Pennsylvania. I think uh, Dr. Oz is going to win there. So you're going to see a U.S. senator um, that's a Republican, another celebrity from television uh, obtaining high office, running as a Republican. Um, I think the same is going to happen in a lot of other contested races. Will we lose some? Yeah. But I think it's going to be more red than blue. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the results. Yeah, I, I want Z, Lee Zeldin to win. I I think you're right. I think Dr. Oz will win pretty, pretty, pretty easily. Um, and that's why they're sending Oprah and sending, you know, Obama and everybody else they can send to Pennsylvania because they know that the chances of, of uh, democratic victory in that state is, you know, Fetterman is just not, I mean, Republican or Democrat, Fetterman is just not, you know, up to the task of being, yeah. holding and off I, and in a way, any I kind of office. I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him based on what I know about his condition and what he's been going through. But simultaneously, I hate to say it, but that that is proof that maybe he's not a good fit for office. Right. And, and, and I would say that if he was a Republican, he's just, yeah. any, anybody's had a severe stroke like that and, and can't put their thoughts together and get, gets easily confused. is not somebody that needs to be in, in state or federal office. 
exactly. I'm in full agreement. Would so, you... yeah, I, I, but I hope Zeldin wins. I really do. I, I would like to see New York change quite a bit. I, I think I, we have a genuine chance, and we're gonna we're putting in all of our energy here to make that possible. I'm wondering, would you be surprised if uh, I guess we're, I guess uh, Democrats have a supermajority in the legislature? I'm wondering, would you be surprised if uh, Republicans don't uh, if Republicans don't uh, I guess cut down on that supermajority? Or, yes, or take away that super I'd be report. very surprised given the energy and given the money and resources we put into this. We, there, there is going to be some wins, some big solid wins that are going to make us jump for joy tomorrow night. Um, and I, I think that's going to, I think that is going to happen. I think, I think maybe some Democrats will, will, will hold some seats, but, I, and I'm not saying that Republicans are going to get a massive, you know, majority, but we're going to, we're going to see some wins that we've never thought we'd achieve before. So both houses are just the house. I think mainly the assembly. I can't speak really on behalf of state senate. No, I mean, I mean, what what's your prediction nationally? Do you think we're going to take the house and the senate, or is it just going to be the the house? I think we're going to take the house, and I think we are going to, I think we're going to maintain our our um, position in the senate. Okay, that's how I see it. It's going to be really reverse twenty eighteen, where the Democrats had this blue wave, red wave is coming for us. Yeah, I would love to see, even if it's not a much of a majority, I would love to see the, the Senate taken over by the Republicans. I, I just don't know if it's possible. Yeah. So, I, go ahead. Uh, I was wondering, uh, do you think if Zeldin wins that it's very likely that this is just going to be a one-off? Or do you think, and I guess the question is, if uh, Zeldin wins... What do you what do you think he has to do to make it such that uh, this isn't a one off and that he can actually make something, I guess, pretty prescient about this, that Republicans can kind of parlay this? It's why the assembly seats need to be won so badly. Right. Because if Lee Zell, if, if, if everything remains blue and Lee Zeldin just goes in there, nothing's going to get passed. He's going to get nothing done. He's going to be seen as a bad governor. Democrats will spend all their money painting him as an ineffective person who just wanted power, which just isn't true. Um, and nothing, nothing positive is going to happen. So that's why I'm, I'm, I've actually invested more in the local races and why I would tell your audience, get more involved today and tomorrow in your local assembly races um, it, compared to Congress, compared to any governor's races that are out there. Um, because the party has it in the bag when it comes to funding and when it comes to organized volunteers. If you don't really have a job or a role or a position or an objective, do the local stuff because you know, there are some races where like nobody has any interns, nobody has any supporters, you know, for, for, for the one state assembly race that I was that I'm involved in. This guy has no interns. This guy doesn't have a team of anybody. And I was spending a good chunk of the election, mainly also for personal circumstances, I'll admit, um, helping out in a congressional race. Um, you know, that's not where I was really needed. And uh, and so for anybody listening, uh, you know, if this isn't released today or tomorrow, definitely in the future, consider getting involved in local races more. You'll make a larger impact than you think. Yeah, this this will actually be published tomorrow morning. Oh, very cool. Everybody get out and vote on election day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's why we were really glad to uh, get you to be able to do that today so we can release it for tomorrow. Um, it's one of the most crucial elections, I think, out of the, all the different states. Um, there's several. There's, the, there's Lee Zeldin and, and obviously in New York. Uh, there's J.D. Vance in uh, in Ohio, and uh, of course there's uh, Metmet. I think I'm saying that right. Metmet Oz, Oz in uh, yeah. in Pennsylvania. 
those are the ones I'm really looking at looking at. Obviously, there's other states where it's pretty much a lock and there's not a whole lot to be concerned about. But uh, there's a couple other races that I'm interested in that I that I hope people win. And um, it, it it makes me nervous. <laughs> I won't be I won't be fully relaxed until all the results come in. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not going to be relaxed until Wednesday. I've, yeah. I have not been relaxed over the past month and a half, and this election is actually at the center of that. <laughs> how, how soon do you think all the results will finally come in? Do you think they'll come in by Wednesday, late Wednesday? I think or? they'll come in by Wednesday. I don't think – I'm going to guess that the, a lot of these races are not going to be too close to call. Um, I think I think we're going to get a, you know, a lot of these answers. I'm going to be at a victory party where we're going to see the data flowing in more and more. Um, we're either going to win or we're going to lose, gentlemen. I – I was wondering, uh, I guess, a neighboring, your neighboring state, New Jersey, where I guess in the last election where I can't or I, I think, believe it was 2020 or 2021. I can't remember if uh, New Jersey uh, goes exactly with the states as far as its uh, uh, statewide rate or goes exactly with federal with its statewide races. But you appear to have a pretty surprising kind of red shift that was really unexpected. And I'm wondering, do you think there's a, there's a lot of clear differences uh uh, I guess between New York and New Jersey. New Jersey's more blue than New York because New Jersey doesn't have what we have with upstate New York. So New Jersey's very similar to Long Island. Like if Long Island was its own state, it is New Jersey. So you have a lot of suburban conservatives and moderates, right, that are genuinely seeing the problem with some of these policies, but it is more blue. Um, so if you start to see New Jersey go red, that's a good sign because you see people that are not really super political, not really that conservative, kind of just milk toast in the middle, right, living their lives genuinely hurting and uh you know long island usually goes where new jersey goes in many respects so because um, i was wondering if that's because new jersey seemed to be a pretty good bellwether for uh, if it's going to be a bellwether it seemed to be a pretty good bellwether for republicans and <laughs> i guess and I unfortunately, i'm not too in uh, I, i'm not too knowledgeable on new jersey but i do know that that the culture is basically the same okay. and so um hell I'll, I'll pay attention to new jersey too because uh, I've heard a few things going on there. Well, there was the famous, uh, speaking of, uh, I guess, <laughs> campaigning in state politics, there was the, what was, I believe he took over the the leader of the House. Uh, he flipped the he flipped the leader of the House a seat, which was uh, occupied by a Democrat and only spent something like $200 on the race. Yeah. Which, uh, I guess, that does go to show that uh, you can really uh, make some waves in, uh, I guess, inner politics, or I guess, uh, state politics. Absolutely. What's your deviating a little bit? What's your assessment of the the new mayor of New York? I don't know too much. I have friends of mine that are NYPD cops that told me that Eric Adams just has terrible policies that he has enabled this crime wave to happen. That he's not been supportive of his fellow officers because Eric Adams is a former cop. Um, unfortunately, I can't comment beyond that. Uh, but that what I'm hoping is that, you know, state policies obviously trump local policies in many aspects. And with Lee Zeldin getting into office, it caused the conditions of New York to get better, even regardless of uh, Mayor Adams' rulings and decisions. Yeah, I, I had high hopes for him, but they, they didn't last long. They did not last long. I, I really have enjoyed the, the busing of uh, the busing and the planes going into New York and Washington, <laughs> D.C. and Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's so it's so progressive and accepting. You would think Martha's Vineyard would would be amazing and welcoming to all these people fleeing um, poverty and war. You know, we care about diversity, right? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, they they want to be a sanctuary. It's easy to say I'm a sanctuary city or I'm a sanctuary state if you're not along the border. Yeah. It's extremely easy to say that because you never have to be, you know, you never you have to put your, yeah, you, you, you don't have to put your, your mouth where you're. Or watch MSNBC and, or CNN. Right. And um, blame the opposition for everything. Then all of a sudden the buses come in and the planes come in and you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Now this has all of a sudden gotten real. Now I have to deal with them, and that's not going to happen. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a big problem. Uh, all states are border states now since uh, you know Joe Biden decided to start shipping uh, illegal immigrants around the country in the middle of the night on planes. And so, you know, gotta, sometimes you have to fight fire with fire. You have to make people uh, deal with the consequences of their actions. And so far, they haven't been doing that. And I hope Lee Zeldin, and I, I have high confidence in Lee Zeldin, that he'll do these things. But I've had high confidence in politicians before, and and things didn't turn out so well. But uh, I, have, I have a lot of confidence in Lee Zeldin. I recommend anybody in New York, I recommend you vote for Lee Zeldin if you want to change. If, you want, if you're sick of seeing people being pushed off of uh, platforms or beaten half to death in subway systems, or people are being attacked on the streets and you really want change. You don't want the criminal to be out of the, you know, to be out on the streets from, you know, cashless bail before the police officers can even finish their paperwork. Then Lee Zeldin, I, th I believe is the man you should vote for. Definitely. I was going to better myself. Right. I, one of the things I should have asked this a little bit earlier, but it, it seems like the rhetoric of from what exactly what's her, what's the, the current governor's last name? I always mispronounce Hogle. it. Hogle. Kathy oh. Hogle. Hogle. Kathy Hogle. Thank you. I was wondering, because it seems like Kathy Hogle has to ultimately, uh, because uh, Zeldin's anti-crime rhetoric has been so effective that she's ultimately had to, I guess, push herself. One is uh, Zeldin's actually actually going to be ineffective on crime. And also say how she's going to be very, very effective on crime. And I'm wondering if you view that as ultimately a positive thing and that uh, it shows that, okay, well, she's cognizant that people care about these issues. Or do you think it's ultimately just going to be an empty an empty kind of promise for her if she doesn't or for I, what she I, says? I think it's going to be an empty promise because look at how she's been um, under COVID policy. She kept the COVID restrictions up until it looked politically inconvenient for her. Then all of a sudden, pandemic's over, everybody. We can, we can relax now. It's all good. Right when she starts receiving the most a good chunk of criticism from the Zeldin team and from other Republicans, um, either way, my brain right now is in the is in the focus of thinking that Zeldin could actually pull this off, and so hopefully we don't have to worry about that any longer. <laughs> yeah, I, I I plan on a victory. Me too. I plan on a victory, and I, I and hopefully that'll be the you know that'll be the domino that flips and and changes the entire system. Like, what can I say? I have high hopes, whether they're realistic or not. I don't know. I, I'm wondering if you could have a good night, uh, even if Zeldin a very good night, uh, even if Zeldin lost. Um, well, for me, that's going to depend on other circumstances. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, mostly if, uh, I guess, the the kind of a state, I guess, mostly state legislature. The if the other races are won and, and also uh, and also how the victory party is going to be. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's a triumph. I'm going to be at the, um, the same exact victory party that Zeldin's going to be at. He's he's, it's going to be in Suffolk County. So, um, so uh, let's just say politics is going to be playing out on the floor of that event too. So we'll see what happens. Right. 
do you think uh i'm wondering uh i guess you've you've busted your ass the last month and a half do you think there's any way you uh do more kind of state legislature uh i guess races or do you think you might be done with these for a little bit i'm definitely gonna be done with these for a little bit you know we have a culture war that rages on nationwide we have an atheist movement that is dead because of social justice there are tons and tons of normal atheists left and right who want to see an atheist organization that represents them. And Atheist Liberty is really the only national org that is willing to get that done. Um, the culture war as well is also raging on beyond aspects of religion on college campuses. And when it comes to matters of freedom of speech and expression, that's really going to be where my, my resources are. And there's a lot of people I know who are going to be heavily involved in government and, and more races in the future. I'll be involved here and there, but Let's just say I need to take a little bit of a detox from that. Little break. Oh yeah. Unwind and yeah. Makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. So, not to put you on the spot, but does Thomas Sheedy have any political aspirations for the future? Or is it too well, early to that, early to uh to I think speak it's too early that. to tell. I right now no. Um I think I think I've said already so much that is public record that it might not be the best if I run for public office, but simultaneously, I, you know, my mind does change over time. I think right now the think tank space and the culture wars is where I'm needed the most. And gotcha. I'm going to put in the moment Wednesday, November 9th hits. That's, that's going to be my number one focus again. And, and let's just say a big chapter of my life is about to close tomorrow. And once that happens, then, it's going to be a very new experience moving forward from there. That'll, this election is really going to determine a lot of things for me. Do you think, uh, I'm wondering, uh, this is kind of an aside, do you think kind of working in grassroots campaigns, I guess uh, running or working in little grassroots campaigns can actually be, uh, can actually kind of carry over into, I guess, doing uh, more policy stuff or more think tank stuff? Or do you yeah. think it's pretty much mutually exclusive? Absolutely no, because you gain a lot of experience talking to people, making connections, building friendships. I I got my start in the in politics through the atheist community. I led local atheist meetups at Panera Bread locations when I was 16, 17 years old. And it was through that that I guess building of charisma and leadership skills and capabilities that people wanted me to to have a position there. And then due to I guess my persistence, I then gained national connections through there and just kept going up, 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 up. The same can overlap in the realm of campaigns. The same can overlap in the realm of other think tanks. It's all politics. It's all politics. Atheist for Liberty is politics. These political races is politics. You know, some of them are partisan, some of them are nonpartisan. Um, but it's all part of this exciting era of controversy. And you can definitely use them interchangeably in order to get ahead in this world. Okay. If uh, if Lee Zeldin, God forbid, <laughs> which is strange hearing that from an atheist, but if Lee Zeldin loses, do you think he'll go for a second shot? You know, I don't know. I don't think so, because he wouldn't have the leverage of being a congressman to do it. Right. But simultaneously, I, I am going to also guess that his life in politics in general won't end. He's always yeah, I, I, I wouldn't... in the arena. So. Right. Yeah, you'd have to wonder if uh, he would be someone that would, I guess, just become a lobbyist, which uh, people usually use. Yeah, or think tanks or, or media, maybe media, maybe a contributor somewhere. Um, I don't think we're going to be seeing, regardless of what happens tomorrow, we're not going to be seeing the end of Lee's album. Yeah, I, it's interesting because you, I was just thinking about it where you kind of, I was asking you about the, 
uh, that you consider a difference between a think tank and kind of working in grassroots. And I wonder for politicians when they go go from kind of a, I guess, just being a politician to, uh, I guess, doing more think tank stuff. I wonder for them, it's the same thing or if the latter is probably just more cush and just kind of a, basically an early retirement. Depends on how you see it. It depends yeah. on what you do and what objectives and, and passions you hold that make you have the drive in order to get things done. I think Lee Zeldin, he's a very energetic guy. I think he has a lot of potential. I think he's got a lot of people backing him and those connections will remain. So I'm excited to at least, I'm excited to get Tuesday over with <laughs> and, and see how things go after that. Well, I'll, I'll come on the show uh, afterwards and we'll talk about next steps uh, probably afterwards if you guys want to do that. Yeah, I, I definitely want to do that. That's one of the things I was going to bring up is that I hope whatever the outcome is, I hope you come back on and we, we have a discussion on the future and, and especially if he wins, especially if oh, he wins, yeah. if he if he wins, then oh man, that, that'll be excellent. And you can come in and on, and we'll discuss all the possibilities because the you know the possibilities will be the sky will be the limit. Well, I'm be more than happy to do that. Okay, sounds good. I think we've I think we've uh, unless you have anything else you'd like to add. No, I just want to say thank you guys so much for having me on the show. For those that are listening. Um, get out and vote tomorrow, volunteer, do whatever you can to assist. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Sheedy Tom. That's S H E E D Y T H O M. Uh, you can search up Thomas Sheedy on YouTube, uh, find my YouTube channel. You can subscribe there. I'm going to start coming out with more videos on my personal channel. Now, um, whole new book is opening for me on Wednesday, November 9th. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, to being more involved in, in, in these culture wars and more involved in politics in ways that I never thought I would be before. Well, do me a huge favor after this conversation. Can you DM me um, any links you'd like me to add to the description? Absolutely. Of this? Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I look forward to hearing from, you know, talk to you in the future. Thank you guys for having me. Okay. Take care. Thank you, Thomas Sheedy. Okay, folks, that was Thomas Sheedy. He is part of the Young Republicans. He is representing, well, he's not representing, but he he uh, advocates for Lee Zeldin, as as do I, and as do does uh, my co-host. And hopefully he'll win the, you know, he'll win the seat. He'll become the governor of uh, New York, and things will change. Because we need a drastic change in New York. We need a drastic change in every state, pretty much around the country, and the, and the nationwide, including, including the presidency but I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. So um, hopefully he'll come back uh, and we'll talk about the re election results, whether they're positive or negative. And, uh, but I have high hopes. I, I really think that Lee Zeldin is going to win as do I think uh, Matt, Matt Oz is going to win. And, and I think that uh, JD Vance will win as well. So th those are the races that I've been really following closely. I've been following other races as well, but those are the races I've really, really been following. All right, folks, uh, this is The Conservative Atheist. We drop a podcast Monday through Friday. That means Sunday going into Monday uh, after 12.01 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or New York, New York City Time, however you prefer saying it. And the last one is Thursday night going into Friday morning, again, after 12.01 Eastern Standard Time or, again, New York City Time. And we're going to start having bonus episodes every other week on Wednesdays at 8 p.m we're going to go live. So it'll be a live broadcast. It'll be, you'll be able to see what we look like um, in all our glory. 
if you want to do that. And that you can do that through our Patreon. And the Patreon link is in every single um, episode of, of this podcast. So all you have to do is click on the Patreon link. Uh, the membership starts out at $5. You get all sorts of perks. You get T-shirts. You get all sorts of things. You can read all about it there on, on the, the Patreon page. All right, folks. That's it. Um, Lee Zeldin for Governor of New York. Anything you'd like to say before we wrap up uh, brighter later? No, this has been an enjoyable episode. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed this. I, I always enjoy talking to Thomas Sheedy. He's a smart guy, young guy, smart guy, and uh, he seems to be really on the ball. And I, I think, you know, I think he's going to have a bright future. I really do. And I, I don't I don't give out compliments uh, easily, but I think he's going to have a very bright future ahead of him. I see big things in his future for whatever that's worth. All right, folks, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.